0: This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself and WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, Bully Ray and I talk all about Monday Night Raw. Brock and Bobby Leading up to Crown Jewel, Roman Reigns talking about Logan Paul. So much to get into, and we do it right now on the Busted Open Podcast. The last Monday Night Raw, Bully, until we get the Crown Jewel at noon on Saturday. And if you look at it, it should be one hell of a show on Saturday, but we're going to break down the go-home show. So
1: overall, Bully, what did you think of what we saw last night? Um, it, uh, Once again, uh, another Monday Night Raw. how's that another monday night raw some good some not so good uh even this um you know when i say the not so good i guess it was just it was just there at times i i uh i really liked the brock and bobby again um i i like some of the things that others might not have liked i really enjoyed uh Otis and Gable as the you know as Chip and Dale. I like the 2020 esque sit down interview with Byron Saxon and Gargano. I think it got Gargano's um, personality over even more. Um, some of the wrestling, you know, good stuff. I, I like the stuff that I saw with the Judgment Day and the beatdown of the OC but it just doesn't feel like anything truly substantial. I guess when, when they're heading into crown jewel, you know, crown jewel is a very unique show. You know, it's just, it's it's an a la carte sold wrestling show and they go there to make a lot, a lot of money and they come right home. So I think they're looking to get past crown jewel and move on to survivor series. And hopefully that's where re- we're, when we're really going to see, Hunter's creative team truly dive into the roster and get, get lots of stories and characters on track.
0: Yeah. Bully. I always used to call this since this show has been on the air this time of the year, the fall of the fall, it just feels like they take, it's, it's unfair to say taking time off, but it feels like they're kind of on cruise control for the months of September, October and November and then, as you get closer to the Rumble, that's when things really heat up. And then, the Rumble is start of WrestleMania season, and that's just a great time of year for the WWE. And I think people have high expectations for the WWE, especially 2023 as we get closer to WrestleMania out in LA. Um, and I don't want to—I don't want to say it's on cruise control, but you know. I think they're still trying to find their way. It almost feels like, Bully, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, that Triple H is still trying to work with what he has. Who's over, who's not over, who's got chemistry, who doesn't have chemistry. It almost feels like they're feeling their way through these last couple of months on Raw. Uh,
1: I don't necessarily know if it's that. Uh, I think Hunter has a really good feel for the locker room. I think he has a really good feel for what's going on on every single show that that the WWE is presenting right now. It was interesting to see him on television last night. And I know we're going to get into this whole Brock and Bobby thing uh, and why Hunter was there. Um, I do have a take on it as why he uh, might've said, you know, that the match is going to get called off. But as far as the feel is concerned, I think he's doing fine. I just, it's, Dave, when you have a company like the WWE that is run by Vince McMahon for as long as it it has been and then almost overnight Vince is gone, there's no way you bring that screaming, raging, blazing fast locomotive to an instant stop and then put it in reverse and get it going the way you want. It has to be slow and gradual. We've seen Hunter plug in a lot of the people, whether it's NXT um, talent that he wanted to rehire and re-get over or him pulling back on some talent, pushing others. It's going to take a while before we fully see you know, the Hunter regime and, you know, their stamp put on this entire company. Then again, they might just keep doing things the way they've been doing it for a long time. Because when those quarterly reports come out and they're reporting, you know, uh, a profit of $250 each quarter, is there really any reason to stop doing it the way you're doing it? We're going to sit here and we're going to review Raw and we're going to review NXT and we're going to review SmackDown and we're going to say we like some stuff and we're going to say we didn't like some stuff and they're going to report a quarterly profit of, uh, uh, you know, hundreds of... Of millions of dollars and you know train kept a rolling all night long so why should they do anything different because dave lagreca doesn't like the entire three hours or some people don't like the entire three hours are people turn uh, you know turning away in droves uh i think it's just the op i think it's just
0: the opposite bully uh it seems almost rejuvenated you know you and i have talked about how many changes have we seen perception is reality bully and the perception is, is that this show has changed and it's changed for the better. Um, listen, you have three shows. You have uh, Raw, NXT, and SmackDown. You know, SmackDown's killing it right now. I, I actually, Bully, and I know we're going to get into to more details later. You know, you, you talk about that Stone Cold moment. You know, Stone Cold, th- you know, 316. And he talked about how you know, a week, the next week on Raw, people had signs. You know, this past Friday on SmackDown, you had that whole Usi thing with Sami Zayn. And last night on Raw, you know, just a few days later, you saw dozens of Usi signs in the audience and people chanting Usi when Robin came into the ring. Like, that's a moment, Bully. Those are the moments you kind of live for where something translates to an audience like that did on Friday and it carried over into Raw. So I really think you and I bully and you're so right. We can and this is our job. We look at a 3-hour Monday night Raw and we talk about you know the things that hit, the things that didn't. I think right now there's more things hitting than missing and you look at Smackdown, I think there's definitely more things hitting than missing. But like I said perception is reality and the WWE universe for the most part loves what they're seeing on Monday's and Friday nights.
1: One of the things that they loved last night and that I loved also was that moment when when Bobby Lashley was doing that sit down interview and he was waiting for Brock to come and sit down also on the split screen. And then all of a sudden Brock Brock Lesnar's music hits Bobby could hear the music. The announcers couldn't hear the music. You'd hear the people popping in the background. When the when they shot back to the ring, before Brock even came out through the entrance, you heard the boil in the people, but most of all, you saw it. You saw people just standing up in droves, standing up. Those are the moments that the WWE needs to build upon now can you you, building with Brock and Bobby that's not going to happen anymore because they've already been built can Bobby be built more absolutely but that's what you that's what you you need to get out of all of your talent or the majority of the talent, so that when that music hits, for no no matter who it is, whether it's Chad Gable, Austin Theory, Baron Corbin, um, Eo Sky, uh, you name it, you want those people to be excited to see you. And that was one of the moments last night that I was like, wow, wow, this is great. You knew something was going to happen. That was good television. That's what I'm looking for across from the entire company. Cause more often than not, music will hit guys and gals will come out and I'm just like, eh, what are we going to get from them? Last night, the judgment day came out and I found myself sitting up. What I try to do, Dave, is I try to actually acknowledge the way I react to something. You know, as opposed to just sitting there. But when the Judgment Day's music hit and they came out, I, I I found myself perking up going, oh, okay, let's see what they got in store for us tonight. We got that from Brock and from Bobby. We don't get that across the board. That's what I'm looking for across the board. That type of show that makes you <clears throat> want to sit up, take notice, and listen in.
0: Yeah, and, and listen, I, I would think that Triple H is really trying hard to get certain characters and personalities over on Raw, Bully, that... I don't know if it actually resonates with me at all. A good example would be Ali. He's trying. He throws Ali out there each and every week, and the crowd goes mild. And it doesn't really, you know, it's... I don't want to say it's a channel changer, because that's that's disrespectful. But it doesn't do what you just explained, where I'm sitting at the edge of my seat. Actually, Ali comes across like kind of a jerk. He almost comes across like a heel. He doesn't give me a reason to cheer for him, and it's—I just don't think it's one of those guys like you said where the music hits and the crowd's gonna pop. I just haven't seen it. But Triple H is trying. Once again, Ali with a—you know—a big win last night. You know he's really trying to get Ali over. Listen, if Ali doesn't get over this time, bully, you can't blame Creative because they're really trying. To get his his character and personality over, though, I don't really know what his character and personality is right now. And
1: the other one is Damage ah, Chris. ahead, stop. You just said they're really trying to get his character and personality over, but you don't know what his character and personality is. I, he's on TV every week, and he's cutting promos every week, and he's having marquee
0: matches every week. And listen, I think you and I will both agree, Bully, he's a very good wrestler. There's no doubt about it. But there is no emotion attached. I mean, all he was doing last night was, you know, making fun of Miz's balls, which comes across to me as a little bit like snarky. It's It doesn't exactly make me want to cheer for him. So, I mean, they're putting him out there on TV, whether it's working or not. I guess that's for the WWE universe to decide.
1: And even in the backstage segment when he did make fun of the Miz and his uh, undersized uh, gonads, um, the people really didn't pop that big. I think that Ali, you know, sometimes you get—it's my whole um, uh, quicksand theory when it comes to pro wrestling. Sometimes you're so far deep that no matter how far they how hard they try to pull you out, you just keep sinking. I'm not gonna say that Ali is keep is, is still sinking, but I don't think it's catching on either. You, he could be the greatest wrestler in the world. He could start showing more sides of his personality. What what is going to catch on with him? What do they have to do with him? I mean, you have them in there with the Miz, maybe a program with the Miz, but you got to really beat somebody down when you have a character that just doesn't come across to the people like they want to like him or they want to love him or they want to care about him. You have to do something to that character so drastic that the people are forced to do so. So if you took an Ali in the right sitting, in the right setting, with the right heel, and you put him in harm's way, it's almost like a boring chant, Dave. If yeah. they're chanting boring, you know, lots of wrestlers get nervous when they hear a boring chant. And, and, and veterans will tell them, don't worry about it. There's only one place to go from there, and that's up. With an Ali, if he's getting beat down so bad, eventually the people will get behind him because they hate the heel so much and they just want to cheer for Ali by default. So I would put him in more situations like that because I don't think having a great wrestling match or a good wrestling match with anybody is getting him any more over than he was when he started Retribution.
0: Yeah, and it was, and it's, and this whole joke with the tiny balls that goes back to when he was having those series of matches with Riddle. It's not anything new with Ali, it's just taking the old recycled joke and trying to make it new again. The other one, and, and listen, I know there's people out there that disagree with me on this one, but I stand by it. Bully, and the other one's damage control. You know, once again, like they're in the main event match on Monday Night Raw. I think this is the sixth time that damage control has been in the main event match since they've they've come back late summer at SummerSlam. You know, again, Triple H, their creative is putting damage control out there again and again and again. And uh, when you don't have defined characters and you don't have reasons and there's not a lot of emotional investment, you're not going to get me to care. And right now I really don't care that much about damage control.
1: They seem hell bent on trying to get damage control over. But as I've said from day one, for me, it's just not there. Um, It's last night when I saw Bally go off on her own with Bianca Belair. Everything felt right with just the two of them. Her with the rest of the group doesn't work for me. The group has never worked for me. I don't understand what has brought them together. I don't think they gel that well. Are they getting better? Sure. I'll give them that. I'll give them that by default. They're getting better because they're on TV every single week, but I'm still not, I'm not there on you. And this is not, this is not personal to any of the ladies. It's just the fan in me doesn't dig the, doesn't dig the group. And you know what, Bully?
0: I'm sure, you know, you look at wrestling, you can put two great wrestlers together. It doesn't mean that they have chemistry together as a tag team, and I just don't think right now Dakota Kai and Io Sky and Bailey have that chemistry, though. I think we would all agree that they're very good at what they do in the ring, especially Bailey. and I'm looking forward to Bailey separating herself from this group at some point. Whether it's going to happen sooner rather than later, I don't know. Hey, everyone, I'm Brad the Big Noise Evans from the Sawdust Podcast Network. Throughout the week, we're providing you with a vast array of betting and fantasy insight, advice, and analysis. Check out our library of podcasts, including Feed the Noise with me and the good sir, Nathaniel Lundy, Fantasy Fast Track with me and Brandon Funbuns Funston, Annie Up with Howard Bender and Adam Ronas. and Sticks and Stacks with Sean Drotar. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. And I really like the top to bottom bully. I like that there was going to be the sit down. Brock shows up. I love that once again Brock... Sport in a great shirt. First it was Slayer, then it was ACDC high voltage, and now Megadeth. And I love the physicality as well. Triple H jumped in between uh yelling, Hey man, if they if if you if you guys don't stop this, I'm gonna cancel the match. That one was a little bit wonky for me because this is the go home show, so I don't think they're gonna have the opportunity to touch again after last night, but Listen, when you get Lashley and Brock in a segment building up to a big match like we're going to see on Saturday, that's a win
1: for the WWE. The reason why I think Triple H came out and said what he said was because I don't think at this juncture in the Bobby and Brock story that anybody should be able to hold them back. You saw Triple H coming down the ramp and about – 10 to 15 guys trying to hold Brock back, and Brock was able to get out of it and run up the ramp and attack Bobby again. A sea of humanity. 30, 40 people could not hold these two men apart. So they're putting the match in jeopardy. That's why Hunter comes out and says, if they touch again, the match is off. You needed some type of authority figure to put in their heads that, Oh, shit. If I touch this guy again, I don't go to Saudi and I don't make my five million dollar for night payday. That's why I thought we saw Triple H out there. Nice little touch. I would have liked to have heard and maybe they said this, but I didn't catch it. I would have liked to have heard announced, put it over that. What story I just told, you know, there is no keeping Bobby and Brock apart. But Triple H just basically laid down the law and neither one of these guys wants to lose out on a payday like Saudi. So, but that's why I think Hunter was out there because if, if physically these guys can't be held back, at least Hunter can come out there and say, if you touch the matches off and then, you know, cooler heads have to prevail.
0: Bully, I hope this isn't just a one-off for Saudi. I hope that this feud between Brock and Lashley continues because if it's Lashley who retains on Saturday, where do you go next? There's nobody on the WWE Monday Night Raw roster that I say comes anywhere close to Brock Lesnar. And vice versa. If Brock wins that United States championship, you know, where do you go from there? I, I hope this isn't just a one off. I would love to see this feud continue. Listen, Roman dominates SmackDown on Friday nights.
1: I would love to see these two continue to dominate Monday nights. But what do you do with Brock after this? Do you but keep him with I, Bobby and what do they do? What, what matches are they having? I, I, you know what? Why not
0: have like a non-finish? Why not have something that continues between those two? Because if, if Lashley retains, where do you go? Where do you go?
1: I okay, mean, who's so you're next? just saying you just want a non-finish and you want something to get us to survivor series. Sure. I, I, I mean, I just, because bully, it's star
0: power. There, There's not, when you look at Monday Night Raw right now, listen, you you do have some stars. There's no doubt about it. But there's just something special between Lashley and Brock. Why just build it up towards one match in Saudi? I would love for this to play out on a major pay-per-view like Survivor Series.
1: I would love to see it play out but in a non-wrestling form. I'm loving the brawls every single week. I would love to see those brawls kept up, get past Crown Jewel and every single week you never know when another brawl is going to break out between these two. It keeps the people live and excited. Look at how the people have been, you know, been the past two times they've brawled. Now you can't do it every single night. But if you you cre- can create that atmosphere of you never know what night Bobby Lashley is going to show up to confront Brock Lesnar, and vice versa. Yes. and because they're they're two beasts, and because they're superstars, people are always going to be into it. You're not going to get the same kind of brawl if you have um you know uh you, you know you know Austin Theory and and Finn Balor. People aren't going to boil the same for those guys the way they do for Bobby and Brock. So. I do agree with you. It would be fun to keep going. Have we had a last man standing or I know we just had a last man standing with Roman and Brock, but does some type of gimmick match between Bobby and Brock interest you. Well, that's, that's the thing. Like, Right, there's no
0: there's no championship title attached to these two. It's just a. I think as of right now, unless something changed that I didn't see, it's just a singles match. There's no stipulation attached to this, so it's just a singles match. And you know what that means, bully, in the world of pro wrestling, that means that leaves it way open for interpretation. So since you don't have a title on the line, because you know Seth is your United States champion, and we got to get it to that because it seemed like we almost got a bit of a change in character for Seth Rollins last night on Raw. But it's just a singles match between those two. So I could see some kind of a count-out or disqualification or double disqualification. Like, why not just have those two brawl to the point where it's almost like a no contest and then you just continue this story on Raw? Because you have your quote-unquote face of, of Monday Night Raw with Seth. I, I I kind I kind of like what we're getting with Brock, I Brock and 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 what we're seeing here with with Brock and them because there's no parameters here with Bobby Lashley. It's just a
1: good old school brawl between yes. the two. Fight feel big fight feel between yes. the two. They continue to do that. I think it will work. Um, do you need a finish in Saudi? Yeah, you're probably right. They they don't. Uh, I'd love to see Bobby get a win over Brock though. And then Brock come back and destroy Bobby again. I don't think losing, I don't think Brock losing hurts. You can't hurt Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is, is Teflon. Um, but I always think that the beast could come back and just destroy Bobby Lashley. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of a, a type of different um, gimmick match at these guys. could get into nothing is really coming to mind i mean put him in a steel cage that's really not that big of a deal because it doesn't make sense um i i don't know i'd have to give it some thought good question for the nation though yeah how would they how would they like to see brock and bobby continue
0: you know what a cage match wouldn't be bad bully if if we continue to see these two brawling and it's out of control and you can't contain it that you put him in a steel cage. You know, it looks like the WWE got rid of the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, which I think is a phenomenal idea by Triple H because you're doing stipulations just for the sake of a stipulation. But here it might work. If you can't contain them, then maybe they have like a good old-fashioned cage match at Survivor Series.
1: Where the cage actually means something and does what it was intended to do way back in the day, which is keep men in the cage and one you know and one fall to a finish or you know climb out of the cage as opposed to everything that goes wrong when there's a steel cage match or a hell in a cell match i mean to the point now we're at the hell in a cell match if you don't climb to the top and, and do something crazy on the top the people are almost let down yeah i agree and you know but maybe
0: you can change that if we don't get as many cage matches as we used to it's going to feel special
1: good here's something different for bobby and brock that i think could work the fight pit Why not? I
0: love it. I love it. Both with MMA backgrounds, you know, uh, Lashley and Bellator, and and obviously Brock in the UFC, a good old-fashioned fight pitch. We're seeing that happen more and more now in the WWE. Why not bring it? It's on the main roster now. We saw it last time, Bully. Why not have that? That could be very special between those two.
1: I think last week I might have said that I wasn't interested in the fight pit with those two because of the lack of the ropes might limit those guys and keep it more to a um, uh, to a ground and pound. But now that I think about it a little more, I think from what I've seen from the brawls with these two, I think that fight pit might be the way to go.
0: Yeah, and I had Cormier as the ref in that last one but there's a history between him and Brock. So if you bring him back to be the referee again in the fight bit bully, that would actually really work.
1: Yeah. But I mean, you can tell that Brock is in still is in tip top shape. Cormier, you know, on the retired, on the retired side, which is totally fine. I wouldn't expect Cormier to be able to last with Brock right now um, at all all Brock would have to do I mean look at what Brock did to Bobby Lashley Bobby Lashley is in significantly better shape than a Danielle Cormier and Brock Lesnar was able to ragdoll Bobby Lashley when he f-ed him so Brock could probably do the same thing to Cormier now
0: Bully the big question though is is Brock gonna stick around is Brock just here for the payday for Crown Jewel and Saudi or are we gonna see Brock
1: continue to be on weekly TV leading up to Wrestlemania next year Brock does what Brock wants to do as long as Brock is getting paid to do it so we shall see Boxing's biggest stars are on At The Fights. We're joined by the president of the World Boxing Council, Mauricio Suleiman. And El Presidente, how do you see Dmitry Bivol
0: against Gilberto Ramirez? That's a sensational match when you have two undefeated fighters facing each other. A guarantee that it should be a great fight. Bivol enjoys the momentum of having defeated Canelo
1: Álvarez. Ramirez was a champion in super middleweight. It should be a very, very difficult fight. Depends who's going to impose their own style to see who will win the fight.
0: At The Fights, Mondays and Fridays from 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern. I thought we were going to see Logan Paul last night. I guess we're not going to see him until SmackDown on Friday. It was good seeing Roman. As I said, you need that star power on a three-hour Monday Night Raw bully. And I would—I thought last night we were going to see Logan Paul and that Logan Paul was going to give that knockout punch to Roman. Instead, Roman knocked out the Miz. Maybe we see that on Friday because I love the threat that one punch – could end it all, and who knows, maybe that's going to happen Saturday at Crown Jewel.
1: Yeah, that one lucky punch, and Dave, before you go any further, I just want to give a quick shout-out to two brand-new Nation members listening this morning for, like, the first time, Natasha and Brielle in the car. Thanks for tuning in. And when it comes to the one punch, I think they uh, evened the playing field last night, Dave. Okay, Logan's talking about the one punch, but what's Roman got in the artillery? He's got that big Superman knockout punch. So why can't he catch that one big punch on Logan just as quickly as Logan can catch it on him? So, you know, it almost seems like that, you know, Roman is trying to be the heel here, but I don't think the WWE universe wants him to be the heel at all. Roman and the universe have a very um, interesting dynamic and in relationship. Remember back in 2015, they tried to force feed him. Nobody wanted him and he repackaged and repackaged. And now it's finally working. And they, they, they love Roman. Yeah. I don't even think they love to hate Roman. This whole bloodline thing is getting over. Um, it, it's all working. So I didn't mind last night. I don't think having Logan Paul. I mean, if if Logan Paul was there last night, and Roman would have caught him with that one punch and dropped him. That's it. It's over. Now, if you give me a Bobby and Brock-esque locker room clearing brawl with Rogan and Roman, I think that helped too. And I don't mind if there were two of those on the show. Yeah. I, I, I like I, could... I like it when all hell breaks loose and guys can't be contained. But the
0: one thing you said is 100% correct. The WWE universe is not warming up to Logan Paul at all. At all. Not at all. It's getting worse, if anything else. So, and you know what? I love how Roman kind of shut down the Usy stuff. Listen, there were Usy signs everywhere. There was Usy chants last night, but he was like, he played with it a little bit. He's like, all right, enough. And you know what? He has such a presence, bully, that when he said, all right, that's enough, it stopped. Like he he is one of those few personalities on that roster that when he shuts shit down that shit shuts down and that happened last night on raw
1: i also think it has to do with a lot of the tone of roman's voice and the bass in his voice where fans know he he means business and i think they've bought into this head of the table thing so much that they they respect him. I think w, the WWE universe respects everything that Roman has been through. Thus, they are willing to shut it down when he says, shut it down. And when he says, acknowledge me. You know, all those gear changes, they work with the people. And when you switch up your cadence, if you're getting what chance, they'll calm down. But I agree with you. He, he has a great command of the audience right now. And it also has to do a lot with the way Haman will set the table for him. Yes. The way that whole bloodline is presented, the pomp and circumstance of the entrance. When all that comes together, you have the people eating out of your hand. Thus, you can get them to do basically whatever you want them to do. Trust me. Been there, done that, and when you, you know, it's all about the manipulation of an audience. It's no different than Paul Stanley cutting the arena in half and saying, you cheer now, and then you cheer now, and then everybody cheers at the same time. I I,
0: I love what Roman's doing. And how, what, do you, what did you think about what we saw on Friday with the Usi stuff, you know, with Sami Zayn? I mean, it's it blew up. It was, I mean, it, first of all, everybody was laughing so hard they completely they completely knocked everybody out of character for at least 60 seconds. And then the fans picked up on it, and it's really rolling. I mean, those are the type of moments that you live for, I
1: would think, as a pro wrestler. And fans love it when the boys pop the boys, and that's going to get fans even more into the act. The Usi thing is catching on. I love a little bit of levity at all times, no matter how serious something is, just enough levity. And and Sammy is doing a phenomenal job. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, people are chanting for Sammy over the you know, over the entire bloodline. Yep. Um, so you said, you know, you talked about last night, the Usi signs. You never know what's gonna catch on. You compare the Usi signs to Austin 316. I don't think it's gonna become, you know, I don't think Usi 316 is gonna become a thing, although that is pretty funny, you know? <laughs> But you know, um,
0: but you just haven't seen something like that because, you know, what do we talk about with Austin 316? He he cut that promo and then next week on Raw you started to see signs in the audience. I thought it was kind of funny that this happened on Friday and then on Raw last night there were people with Ussie signs and they were chanting Ussie for Roman Reigns. All it takes, you always say it, Bully, you know, one, perception is reality. So when people are doing it, then it's going to carry on to other arenas and other shows. So I'm looking forward to that happening. But, I mean, and I I know we've said this before, but by far, Roman Reigns and the Bloodline is the best thing going
1: in pro wrestling right now, and it's not even close. Without a doubt, the Bloodline is the most significant faction. It's the best story in pro wrestling. It has some of the strongest characters. By far, has the strongest manager in pro wrestling. I don't see any... I could not pick out a flaw in the bloodlines game right now. There there is none. Everybody is playing. Even solo who's brand new to the crew is playing off everybody. Oh, so well. And and when stuff like this happens is there's a beauty to it because it's hard enough to get two guys on the same page. Let let alone, you know, all of these members on the same page, you know, your timing, it's it's the timing of everything, knowing when to say something, knowing when to look over at somebody, knowing when to act or react, <laughs> knowing knowing that Sammy is about to get on the microphone and there's a good chance that you're going to start laughing your ass off and yep. trying not to. Even though Sammy went on record and he said, "When I'm out there, I'm not trying to pop in to pop the boys." Bullshit. The boys are always trying to pop the boys when they're out there. But it's
0: just. But again, you never know what's going to hit and. Listen, I would be shocked if Roman doesn't win this match on Saturday. I'm interested. I love the story about the one lucky punch. Anything is possible. But nothing is stopping the steamroll right now. I mean, like, to me, this is leading to WrestleMania
1: in L.A. Uh, There is no reason why Logan Paul should beat Roman Reigns. Absolutely not. Not even for shock value. Zero. There is no... To me the mainstream media coverage isn't enough to the to derail Roman's 900 plus days as champion. Let me ask you something. Like if we do get
0: Rock and Roman at WrestleMania in LA. I think Roman's going to roll. When does this when does this end with Roman? Who's going to stop it and and is the person who's going to stop it maybe not even on the roster
1: right now? Um, the only name that I can say right now who will definitively be a major star when he returns is Cody yes if if I'm the WWE I'm looking at it like this with Roman until somebody can get themselves over or until creative can create a character that gets over to the likes of a Roman I'm just going to keep it on Roman the whole time Yes. Why not? Why can't we get a, a run that lasts years year after year? Now, we run the risk of it getting a little boring and people, you know, you know, turning their back on it, but the way they're going right now, <clears throat> it's working perfectly.
0: It hasn't yet, Bully, and he's been champ for over two years. So I mean, think about that. In this day and age, you usually don't see championship titles around somebody's waist that long. And I love the fact, Bully, that we hardly see Roman wrestle. We only see Roman wrestle on major shows. He's not even wrestling at every pay-per-view. Though, if you do look at his matches, he is defending this title every 30 days. It may not be on pay-per-view. It may not be on TV. Sometimes it's at live events. But he is defending this title every 30 days.
1: As long as you're defending the championship once every 30 days, I'm cool with that. I'd love to see him defend it on either Raw or SmackDown, but it is what it is. That's why I'm not a fan of the interim championship. I think whoever, you know, AEW is obviously doing doing that idea. Just not a fan. Every 30 days. Um, and Roman is, every time we get Roman, it's an exciting match. There's enough layers to a Roman match you know, with, with all the bloodline involved. You never know what's going to happen. Um, hey, listen, there still could be the swerve of all swerves coming with Brock and Heyman. I don't think that's going to happen, but there is the possibility. It's always there creatively because of their relationship. And listen, bully, if we don't get rock
0: and Roman at WrestleMania, you know what, if we get, if we get Roman and, and Cody, Uh, that ain't so bad either. Like, if Cody comes back, if Cody comes back at the Rumble, wins the Rumble, they play that whole dusty story, how he was never able able to capture that WWF championship, and now this is Cody's moment. I'm I'm interested in that story as well, because at some point, that story has to play out too.
1: I'm not going to tell you that I'm not interested in that story, but what I am going to ask you is that Do you think fans will be disappointed because so many people bought tickets to WrestleMania already just on the rumor that it was going to be uh, Roman and Rock? Listen, that is just rumor.
0: They've never talked about it. They've never mentioned it. They've never promoted it. Like, you know, we know for a fact that, you know, The Rock hasn't been in the ring and wrestled since WrestleMania, what was it, 29 In New Jersey. That's a long time ago, Bully, since The Rock has been in the ring and wrestled. I mean, and then we knew the whole controversy around that. He got injured in that match and it affected his plans for his next movie. It got delayed because of that injury. I mean, this is all speculation because of the story and because what we saw on Young Rock, but they have never mentioned anything about The Rock on WWE programming. So, Does it seem like that's what's going to happen? Is that what we want to happen? Does the story dictate that? I would say yes, but at the same time, they haven't promoted it. So
1: stranger things have happened, Bully, that's for sure. They could always turn around, and if there is any major backlash, say, listen, as you said, we never talked about it. We never promoted it. The Cody story is the one that interests me the most. Yes. Not, Not Bray Wyatt, not Seth Rollins. Cody Rhodes. Busted Open is part of the
0: SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on Foundation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Open Trial to start your free trial today.